Fuck, this is way more complicated than I thought. Everything's wrong. Everything's going wrong. Here we go. Wait, wait, I got wait. It. wait for it. Uh. Hello, and welcome to episode 61 of Flux and Six. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always. The man, the myth, the Bulgarian, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm not loving your semen. more on that later on this week's episode we're going to discuss a star is born kingsman 3 the joker aquaman unfortunately all before diving into our flick of the week game night but first al what are we drinking uh something that i'm gonna probably butcher because i don't speak german Mm. uh we are drinking a rothhouse pills tannenzapfel Actually, I think I got that right. It sounds good. The original beer from Germany's Black Forest. And then underneath there's some German words. Badisch, Stotz Brewery, Rothhaus AG. Which, something, some sort of brewery in Rothhaus, Germany. Mm-hmm. That much I know. Okay. Um, and on the back it says all those things again. It says ingredients, water, barley malt, hops, and yeast. Which means, of course, as it says so helpfully... That it is brewed in full accordance with the German Renheitsgebot of 1516. That is the German purity laws, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> those of you who haven't been listening, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we have mentioned it a couple times on the show. It is a 502-year-old law in Germany about what beer, what, what can go into beer that will be sold commercially in Germany. Only those four ingredients, water, malt made of barley, hops, and yeast. They, uh, they need to make an amendment. That clearly states that you cannot be putting gold foil around the top of the beer because that was <laughs> that was just absurd. It was just pretty. Get looking. out of here with this nonsense. It was it was a pretty looking little. Uh, it was. It looked nice. It looked, fancy. It, it, it looked like a very fancy beer. Uh, it, it, you know what's funny? This we talk about bottle art, label art. This thing is just all in one. It's just like a sticker. It's on the front. It's got the name. It's the, also the Surgeon General's warning. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> I also like how it's got like the old, old, like medieval looking stained glass window type of like that's the art yep. style of the thing. The little, uh, I'm assuming that's a, a girl, a little Bavarian girl holding a couple of beers. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's pretty cool. The the engraved bottle is cool. Yes. Um, let's give the sucker a taste. This looks very tasty. Cheers. Very simple and very tasty. I could have broken the glass. That was aggressive on my part. <laughs> yeah, and that sort of glass, you don't want to hit that there like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is what I expect from an yep. ancient German pills. It is um, not typically the style of beer I go for because no. of in the past on the show. I, uh, I like a little bolder flavor that this sort of lager uh, is specifically trying not to do. Right. But that being said, this is a textbook example of the style, and mm-hmm. it's pretty damn good. I like that. This is, I mean, very simple, very drinkable. Crisp, clean, very light. Mm-hmm. Not the lightest one you'll see, but very light. Crystal clear as it should be. It had, an, it had a nice little bit of head to it at the at the beginning, but not overwhelming. Have a few of these sitting at that long table. A couple later hosen on. Oh, yeah. Get, get that going. This would be excellent with some later hosen and a liter size glass. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. It is also like super. Super clear. <laughs> yes, as well it should be, um, which I 
told you that I was quite confused that one or two loggers that we had that was not because everything that I've ever learned about loggers is that it's supposed to be crystal clear like this. Admittedly, mm-hmm. if you have a darker logger, it's going to be harder to see through it just because of the darkness of the malt. But you should still see that it's not hazy in any way. Yeah. I forget. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I do not. Oh, there's a there's a character on that show whose favorite beer is Pilsner's and Peralta, the main character. Can't just can't get over that. <laughs> he's just he's so boring. <laughs> it's, it's his argument, and it's just uh, every time I I've, see I've one, that's what I think that. of. Yeah, <laughs> there's like he talks about it for hours, and they do like one of those cuts where the guy starts talking about it, and they cut, and it's clearly been a long time, and he's still talking about it, and he's <laughs> the guy's just glazed over. <laughs> every time I see one of these, that's what I think of. But this is this is quite tasty. I approve. Thank you, Al. Yes, uh, despite the fact that I typically don't drink this style of beer, I would definitely drink this again. I'm sure it's probably fairly expensive, and I stole it from my brother, who nice. probably isn't listening to this episode, so he'll never know. Thanks, Dominic. Um, what? I said thanks, Dominic. Yeah, thanks, Dominic. Um, it's 5.3% alcohol by volume. Um, it's probably pretty expensive because it's imported from Germany. It's it's the real, real German beer. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't like Beck's. Uh, <laughs> uh no that's a that's a quality product awesome so you have a smattering of news and nuggets this week yes how, how many how many uh items you got for us today well at least one of them i know you have as well okay uh, so i guess i have two others all right so let's uh let's start off this one kind of uh follows up on our trailer discussion from last week so Kim and I want to go see uh, a simple favor, which I encourage you all to see. You know what really you didn't well done see? movie. What'd you say? You know what you didn't see? I didn't see the movie that was not playing nearby. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> that we were supposed to that we were supposed to do like What's two weeks ago. <laughs> funny is I'm. It sounds like I'm trying not to say it because I'm sad. I actually forgotten the name of the movie. I would I would remember it if I went to look up movies, but I apologize. <laughs> Anyway, I'm still going to try to see it. I have notes prepared. I, mean, I, I know. I, I really I want to see it. It's just one of those things, man. It just didn't work out. You know what it is? You, you, somebody wants to see it. You tell them you'll see it with them. But then the plans don't work out. And then a week passes. And it's not a popular movie. So the movie disappears. And then it's like, oh, we've only got one showtime on Saturday. It's at 3 o'clock. Oh, but I'm, I'm looking at this at 5. <laughs> so that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. But we saw a simple favor, which again I suggest you see. I would really like to do an episode on it if we get a chance. If, if Al gets a chance to see it, and honestly, if he just doesn't see it out of spite, I wouldn't blame him. Uh, but <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. No, let's just. Uh, you told me that yesterday. No, I know. And I didn't have enough time. I barely had enough time to do to see the movie that we did. That we're doing tonight you, you because you pulled to me. You pulled to me. You watched the movie right before we did the episode. I appreciate the effort. Yes, I I asked you. I had you like access the movie for me, and it was by the time you told me that we had access to it last night. I like to say acquired. I was not acquired sit down and so I watched it today between the gym and us recording the episode. So maybe he'll see it. Maybe he won't. But uh, I'd like to do an episode on that one. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is. There's a trailer for A Star Is Born before that movie, um, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga joint. And I've heard of this. It's a remake. Um, I don't know anything about the original. Never saw it. I heard that as well, and I'm con- kind of confused. Because isn't it based on a true I 
I don't know. Is it based on the story? I really don't have any. I have no information about it. And that's not, honestly, that's kind of, that's what Unless I like I, about the story. It, okay. I was say it's possible that I'm confused. I'm mixing that or fusing that with another thing. But for some reason, I thought that that was based on a true story. And then I heard also that it was a remake. So I'm very confused because I've seen like one trailer story. for it and know nothing about it. They, they got one more detail and they're like, we got to redo it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, so what's amazing, this is a, this is one of the best trailers that I have seen. It's really, really well done. And here's why. It's got, they do this really beautiful silence. There's no real background noise. And it's the two characters talking, leading into one of them singing a cappella. And it's really like, it's kind of like hauntingly beautiful. Like I, I suggest just go watch the trailer. It's like a couple minutes. It's really well done. And if that doesn't make you want, like if you're a film enthusiast, if that doesn't make you want to see the movie, I don't know what would. I it's It's just really well cut. It's, it's, it's well directed. That one little piece. It's. I really. I'm. I'm actually really excited to go see it now. This well, I a, told you that I kind of avoided watching a quiet place, so I don't know if that will sell me. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not actually quiet. It's very, very laser focused on what's happening. I know. I'm it's, making a bad joke. I'll you do need to see a quiet place. It's. So I know good. that you want to do that one. One day. Um, one day we'll get that one through. <laughs> though. That's the like the one thing that I have to see, and you have now. You are now racking up a total of movies that that we need to see so we can do episodes for. We just got two. There's just the two. That's it. We'll get to them. Don't worry. We got movies. We got movies. One, we got the one wall movies. Two becomes three. You becomes told me to go to the wall the other day. The wall's here. We got so many movies back there that we haven't touched yet. We'll we'll get there. Anyway, I, I highly suggest you go check out that trailer. Um, I defy you to not be interested. Uh, the next quick story, uh, which blew me away, pulled up a quick article earlier. Uh, I think it was on it was on Gamespot, but Kingsman Three is on the way with a 2019 release date. What? Yes, yeah, so I was excited by that news as well. I had that as a note, but I'm happy to do that as a joint note. That is, uh, that's all sorts of fast. Didn't that just? Didn't the second uh, one just happen? Last year? Was it last year? What is time? <laughs> when, Wasn't oh, it, hang on. I have to, I have to find this er, one. Maybe it was earlier this year. Because That's what the, I thought. Because it's on HBO now, or it was on HBO recently. The second yeah, the second one, like after we had already done it. Yeah. And that's usually, what is it, like four or five months after the, when those movies come out, usually it makes it to HBO? It says 2017. No, September 2017. I'll be damned. I was say, I feel like it was about a year ago. But even, I, I would have been so. like not terribly surprised if it was like February. What? When was the first one though? The first one came out in I think 2015. 2014. Oh, I thought it was 2015. Yeah. I mean, three years. I kind of expect that. This seems like were they, were they just ready to go? They had that story. They had everybody signed up. Like, and they just rolled. Well, because right they it. they didn't have plans for the second one immediately. When they like, you know, like, it, like I'm sure, like they're like, oh wow, if this is successful, like we'll do another one. But like, it wasn't like an automatic go, and it was it was massively successful. So they're like, okay, let's get this thing greenlit. But Matthew Vaughn was already working on something else. Mm. So like, as soon as he's done wrapping up that thing, this time around, it's the the wheels are greased, man. They, you know, yeah. we're planning on doing the next one. You know, what I mean, like everyone knew, like they clearly set up another one at the end of the last one, unlike the first one. So. Sure, I was just—I'm just surprised that it was that it's coming along that quickly. Um, 
but hey, I'm I'm all for it. I love I love those movies. They're so much fun. I don't know how I feel about uh, what's his name being gone. Which he might not be. You never know. They do weird things. <laughs> They'll this one seems a little bit more final. Maybe it'll be like one of those things where like he's uh, transferred his consciousness to a machine. <laughs> I was thinking more of was it was that in Futurama that they had Ronald Reagan's head in a jar? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that because I will I will miss that character tremendously. Yeah, and I'm I'm just well both the character and, and just Mark Strong in general, great actor. Yeah, just that. Country road. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best scene in the movie. <laughs> it's pretty I, incredible. I absolutely love it. Anyway, honestly, honestly, I got ju- I got legitimate feels during that scene. Same, same. I was like, which oh no, I, have I know no what's happening. Feeling that way about that sort of movie. <laughs> yeah, they 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 do uh, they do a good emotional roller coaster in that. It's well it's well done. The big thing that I'm excited about is that it's not like being handed off. Like Matthew Vaughn is coming back. He's writing. He's directing. You know what I mean? Like it's. They're keeping it all together. They, I guess they didn't confirm yet 100% whether uh, like Channing Tatum and Halle Berry are going to be back for this one. But I have to imagine they will because that was clearly what they were setting up. It seems that way. It seems that and way. it's not like – it's not like uh, in a bit of non-news, um, it's not like Channing Tatum's ever actually going to get to make that Gambit movie. So. Mm. Mm. so what exactly is he working on? <laughs> Fair. They uh... – it's funny, the release date is when the Bond movie was supposed to come out. Oh, is it the same studio or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't... I have no idea. Well, because they pushed, they pushed Bond back, didn't they? With, with what's-his-name leaving? With Danny Boyle leaving? Yeah, they moved it to February. Uh, next Bond movie was supposed to be scheduled. It's November 8th of 2019. That's. I mean, like, they are... They got a date. Like they're ready to roll with this thing. They just I'm I'm just surprised. Well, that leads us into one of my notes, if you want. Sure. Per- perfect segue. Um, did you see that they hired Carrie Fukunaga to direct the twenty fifth bond? I did not. They did. Um, which excited me. Okay. Um, because he was the reason that the first season of True Detective was so excellent. Mm. Uh, and it was very clear that the second season, not having him involved was not nearly as good. Um, you know what I mean? Because, yeah. uh, well, the whole thing was, it was, oh, it's Nick Pizzolatto's show with Carrie Fukunaga directing every episode. And then Carrie Fukunaga and Nick P- Pizzolatto, like, they butted heads and he left. And then the second season sucked. So, ipso facto. <laughs> <laughs> ipso facto. I'm your boss. Now, I know there has been some hand-wringing because Carrie Fukunaga has got let has been let go from a couple of projects i think hmm. based on like a clashing over creative differences as with true detective but i guess um in those cases he was writing as well and in this case he's not he's directing a script he's agreeing already to a script that's been written that was part of the reason why danny boyle left is the script that he liked better they ended up changing and they went to this other script it was written by the guys who've written a bunch of the last few Bond movies going back to the Brosnan era. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've written everyone, but they've written a bunch of them. Okay. Um, so that's the script they're going with. So he's signing on to direct that script. So I'm hoping that that means that he had to have read the script and agreed to do that script. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. without any editorial power like that, I assuming I'm assuming that means that he'll be on board and I'm curious to check out his new show on Netflix that just dropped like last week. What Maniac? show is that? 
Oh, I wanted to see that, yeah. I, I've been hearing good stuff. I've heard it's supposedly batshit insane. Um, it's just a fever dream. Yeah, uh, it sounds the, like it's kind of like a... Um, it's like each episode is like a different... Like I think the whole premise is it's like these two people sign up. It's Emma Stone and Jonah Hill. Yep. And they, they sign up for like some sort of drug trial thing where they're taking some sort of like psychedelic drugs that's causing them to do these hallucinations. So every episode is a different hallucination, I guess. Yeah, that was a, that was another one. Like they have a very captivating trailer. I would. Yeah. I definitely want to check that out. Sweet. No, oh, that's cool. I, I like, I like when you break news to me that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if you would have seen it cause it came out, that news came out a few, a few days ago. Nice. Um, yeah. February, 2020 is when that's, Following up on my first story for just a quick second here, one of the things that we didn't talk about, which was a trailer that played during Creditor, uh, for me at least, was the Aquaman trailer, which I had seen in the past, and I think we talked about it maybe once or twice on the show. Man, I am we just didn't, not interested. They had that, that trailer and the... No? No, it just doesn't, it doesn't look... There's nothing about that that makes me go, ooh, I want to see that. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, you, are you interested? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just looks like a. It just looks very. It just, everything looks very cheesy to me. Some of it did. It's also going to be so easy to hate. I feel. Well, it's the first Wonder Woman that hasn't had a lot of behind-the-scenes drama. Hmm. So maybe that means that it has a cohesive production. Well, we'll see. I just uh, the only reason I will see it is if you want to do a show on it. <laughs> oh. well, maybe actually, we'll wait. Maybe we'll wait and see what the reviews are like. It'll probably be one of those ones where my friends are like, "It's like Monday," and like, "You want to go to the movies?" I'm like, "All right." <laughs> and then that's what we say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am. I'm interested to see what the reviews come out for that. But just ah, man. It's pretty funny when the CG is already bad in a trailer. Some of it was pretty cheesy as far yeah. as CGI. Yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 a bit much. But anyway, uh, there's a... although I, I will I will grant at least in this case to do a big underwater battle, it's gonna have to yeah. be all CGI. Granted, you know what yeah. I mean, as opposed to when we set everything on fire in Wonder Woman or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That was unnecessary. It was, like, it was very unnecessary. Wait. wait <laughs> I'm never going to get over it. Let's do all of this, but in flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Terrible. So the last the last story that I have here is about the Joker movie that's uh, that's well underway at this point. Uh, we excited for, I don't want to get excited for it. You are getting excited for it? No, people are, and I don't want to. Oh, I'm not. I'm actually getting more and more uh, concerned and a little bit angry about some of the things. But like, I people don't want. People were talking about him in the makeup. He just looks like a clown. He doesn't look yeah. like the Joker. No, that's yeah, that's fine. I'm not even. I'm not even super worried about that. The uh, that clown mask, that clown makeup, actually does kind of resemble an older mask from the TV show um, that I vaguely remember. But that, whatever. That's not. That's not a big deal. My concern is more with a. Uh, some of the other things going on, some of the statements that, um, one, there is no Batman, which... That's not surprising. It's not surprising, but I didn't think about this beforehand. It kind of defeats the purpose of the Joker. Like, the Joker and the Batman are at odds. 
they always have been at odds. They're complete opposites, but they are also very similar in certain ways. It's it's. But this is a superfluous and unnecessary Joker origin story. So. Well, okay. So there's that's there's the other thing. That is a thing that the the comics have like maybe ta- they tackle like kind of the once from my recollection, but they never they never tell the character's name. They don't do anything like that. Uh, apparently, the character he, actually has a name in this movie. He has a name and a backstory. Yeah, uh, the backstory is fine. The backstory is reminiscent of the, I think it's Killing Joke. Um, oh, okay. But it's which is which is cool. I liked that. That was a it was a great story. Uh, I don't like the idea that the Joker exists without the Batman. I'm sure they'll have some sort of nod to it at the end of the movie. Perhaps, but sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm watching apparently a new trailer for Fantastic Beasts on the TV. Hmm. The final. I didn't trailer. know there was. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that they had a final trailer. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I can't hear any of it, but I'm watching it. I'm excited <laughs> for that. Well, the, the other, the other thing that's like again with the with the no Batman, it's not just that there's they're not gonna put Batman in the movie, but well, Thomas Wayne. There is no Batman. Right, Thomas Wayne is alive and well at at least at some point during this, it seems. And which, that's... which Thomas Wayne is this again? What's that? So which Thomas Wayne is this again? It's not Jeffrey Dean Morgan, right? I oh I I don't know. Did they cast him? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't. I don't have a like a close up of the picture, but there's a picture of his face on it. So um, yeah, this is weird. It's confusing. I'm I don't sure know it's why. Casted. I don't know why this is a thing. Yeah, I I don't know. I I am things I'm interested in. I am interested in seeing Joaquin Phoenix's take on it. He's a very interesting person, <laughs> so I feel like it could work. It could be crazy. It could be nuts. Um, the thing is, though, like he doesn't doesn't really strike me as the Joker. Although, admittedly, I was skeptical no. about Heath Ledger as well. That's true. That's true. I I don't know from the these uh, these screen grabs of like uh, shots that have been taken during filming. I'm just like, what's what's going on here? I'm just I'm just confused. <laughs> uh, this is this even part of the DCEU? I it's no, it's not well it's didn't they stop that? Isn't that not a thing anymore? Well, no, because Matt Reeves still has a the Batman script kicking around. Yeah, but... I just saw I just saw something yesterday the day before. They're still planning on going ahead with that movie with or without Ben Affleck. Oh my god. I don't know. I really, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. I just can't keep track of it. Yeah. Ugh. So the thing is, like, like Marvel has, like, their more or less cohesive plan of what they're doing. You know what I mean? They have their movies. They have their shows. They are loosely connected. And that's it. Yeah. There has been a couple of weird things. Like, Alfred Woodard has been in both in two different roles. And a couple other people might have done as well. But it's been very, very light treason. Um <laughs> I Sorry, may I have committed you. some medium to light treason. <laughs> uh. I looked like you, I lost you for a second, so I had to, had to really get back in. No, no, um, no I, but then like they, they have their, they have the shows and they have the movies in DC, and some of the characters are overlapping and they're completely different by completely different people. And when they decide they're going to make one of them in a movie, they kill the character off on the show. Like the Manu Bennett is, from what I understand, does a really good job as Deathstroke on the TV shows. And they keep basically killing that iteration of the character. Yeah. Yeah. 
character off, not because they have to do this stupid thing with Joe Manganiello on the fucking movie side, even though they're never going to do it. Right. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. I don't they, understand. They do need to, like, as we all know, we've talked about this a thousand times. They need to end it. They need to stop with this garbage. What they should do, which I would appreciate, is let their cohesive story stay with the CW universe that they've got going on. Because honestly, yes. as cheesy as it is, it's great. It's fun. Uh, they do a lot of good things there. I don't like it, but they're doing it. A lot of people like it. Yeah. Just do that yeah, thing. Leave that alone. And what you should do with this is... Kill the movies the- for a couple of years and then start over. Kill the movie. Don't even don't necessarily start over. That I don't I don't think that they need to have a streamlined approach to these movies. I don't think they need to have. Well, sorry. When I say start over, I mean start from scratch. Whatever they want to do with movies, because you know they're gonna keep doing it. Yeah. What what I want a cohesive plan. It doesn't have to be a cohesive universe. Come up with a cohesive plan. All all I want them to do is to take the graphic novels and make a movie out of individual ones. Don't link them. Just let them be. Let them be these legends of these characters. Or just, if even want even if they want to decide and do something no one esque. Like we really like this run of these characters and this series of comics. We're gonna do a trilogy of these. You know what I mean? Fine, go sure. have fun with that. Yeah. Just come up with a real plan. Ugh, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, I I obviously I have to see this movie on account of it's one of my favorite characters of all time. But I am obviously I concerned. Think you set yourself up to be disappointed. Oh, I'm not. I'm not excited. <laughs> so that's that's the problem. I just I feel obligated. See, I hate going in on one of these things with that sort of cynicism, and that's what I feel like I have to do because that's yeah. how I feel. Like I'm not putting on an act. I genuinely feel that way. Yeah, the concern is that if you don't go in that way, like if you go in that way, it might. It's probably the only way to go in and enjoy it at this time. The way things are going, if there's just a slight thing better, <laughs> then then you'll end up enjoying it. See, no, that, that's not how I work. For me, if I go in that way, I expect to hate it nine times out of ten. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I come out feeling that way. Um, if I go in, ex- like, with no expectations at all, not good or bad, that's the only time I enjoy these things. You know what's crazy to me? Is that they can be this far away from The Dark Knight, where the movie had just the most incredible marketing campaign where every little tidbit that I got for that movie made me more and more excited for it, maybe more like thrilled, putting theories together on my head until I got in front of the screen and realized I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it was so much better than I could have even possibly imagined. <laughs> See, I didn't have any hype for that one because I didn't like I wasn't I remember when they, they announced Batman Begins and they're doing it. I was like. way at that time the way i feel about a lot of these things now i didn't see the i didn't see batman begins until like it was on tv mm. like, not even like like i didn't even like rent it or buy it or anything it was on tv and that was back when blockbuster was still a thing like, i just didn't care and it was like one of those things where it was like like i was in high school it was like oh it's saturday night like this movie's on tv let's watch it and i was like okay fine whatever and i watched it and i was like oh you know what I was a little confused early on, but I also wasn't super excited for it, so I wasn't really paying that close attention. And then eventually, I got hooked into the movie, and I ended up really enjoying it. And like that wasn't that far off before Dark Knight, the Dark Knight came out. Uh, okay. And I was like, oh, now I'm kind of interested in seeing that. So like I wouldn't, I didn't follow in the hype train. Like I didn't follow the production. Right. Of that movie is one of the things where it's like, oh yeah, I'll go see that when it comes out. Why not? And then I saw it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> 
that's 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 funny it's the other side i like that was one of those things where every little bit of news that i got i was like drawn to and i was like reading and dissecting and couldn't wait to see what i was gonna get uh, there were so many like there were these crazy websites that they were putting up like uh like political websites that were basically like for harvey dent running for all, oh, like like they did like they had a really great campaign that went along with that movie and it was just uh it was just tremendous yeah, Absolutely I mean, like, it. I didn't have any reason to hype. I didn't know who Christian Bale was. I didn't know who Christopher Nolan was at the time. You know what I mean? I, I knew Heath Ledger from The Patriot. And, like, you know sure. what I mean? Like, that... Ooh. Like... Good pull. That was a good movie. <laughs> Patriot's a classic. Yeah. For, I've, I've forgotten about that movie. That's really oh, good. I've seen that movie a million times. Yeah. I, I love that movie. Nice. Uh, that's all I have. Any other news and nuggets? Uh, I have a news. Okay. Hit me. Sorry, I guess I have a new. Um, did you see they announced? <laughs> um, they announced uh, officially that there was going to be a slowdown of Star Wars movies. I thought that happened a while ago. Um, I don't know. I, I recall reading that they are pausing to focus on the main trilogy, and that's it for now. Um, well, like they didn't cancel. There was no. rumors of that. Um, no cancellations, but not that they. There were, was rumors they were of that. Basically, what they anything. just said was that they weren't adding anything new to the slate. Just the stuff, and this is a reaffirmation of that they haven't canceled any of the things that they've announced. Um, Benioff and Weiss still have their trilogy. Johnson still has his new trilogy, um, and they're on track to to release episode nine when they're going to. And the shows are still moving ahead as planned, which. Now that I think about it, isn't the new isn't the new animated show come out like, like, like soon tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I, I like thought in so. like a week, like a I, week or two. I think I thought it was an October joint. Yeah, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I think that comes out in a couple weeks. Nice. Um, and the anim, not the animated, the live action show that they're doing, um, that's supposed to come out next year. Like as far as I know, that all of that is still on pace. Um, but I have quotes from Bob Iger. CEO of Disney. Uh, I'm going to read this story. This is a story. I don't know if it was like just a conference call thing or whatever, but it, the story itself that I'm reading from is on IGN. Uh, Disney to slow down how often it releases Star Wars movies. Disney will reduce the pace of Star Wars movies releases with Bob's previous timing decisions a quote-unquote mistake. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Iger was pre presented with the opinion that there shouldn't be a Star Wars movie. Every response was candid. I made the time decision, and as I look back, I think the mistake that I made, I take the blame, was a little too much too fast. You can expect some slowdown, but that doesn't mean we're not going to keep making films. He continued by pointing out the ongoing Star Wars projects, like J.J. Abrams' Episode Nine, the Game, Game of Thrones creator's own saga, although The Last Jedi director... Uh, although The Last Jedi director Ryan Johnson's own new trilogy wasn't mentioned, but I know for a fact Ryan Johnson made a comment on Twitter like a week ago that he's still doing it. Okay. Um, we're just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after JJ's, but I think we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing, and the buck stops here on that. Since That's the release great. of The Force Awakens, there's been a Star Wars movie once a year, but it seems 2019 could be the last year of that release cadence. After the relative commercial failure of Star Wars, uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story, which many put down, mm. at least in part, to Star Wars fatigue, Disney was forced to deny a report that said all Star Wars standalone movies had been put on hold. It's so funny. And 
I really dis- I just I disagree. It's not Star Wars fatigue. It was handled wrong. That's all. Yes. Which we <laughs> we discussed in that yeah. a while back. I mean, it's I, I do th- I think fatigue may have been an aspect. I just don't think it was the driving force. And I think it was the it was the horrendous marketing campaign, which was part of the Disney earnings call several months ago that that independent financial analyst um, as yeah. part of the presentation said that after his research that he was quite confident that that was by and large the the biggest component of the failure of the movie uh, financially. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just saying, saying fatigue contributed. I feel like it's just like don't don't put this on the fans. This is all you. No, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, no, but I, I think there's an aspect of it because like I was always going to go see the movie, but yep. I I as I said, I was not. I did not have the same excitement level that I had going no. into the other ones. And I'm, um, that's why I'm glad I, they're slowing down because having you need the time to anticipate. Yes, uh, <laughs> as you know, we are experts of anticipation here um, <laughs> on this binge. Um, no, but the thing is. I don't think it would have been a problem if they continued to do them once a year, hmm. but it was six months between those two movies. Right. If they had done it in December of this year, I would have been fully anticipated. My 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 stockhold of anticipation would have been fully reloaded. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making a crap load of noise. <laughs> the uh, it didn't come in pints is my problem. <laughs> And I yes. need a little bit more. That's so I had to reach over. I tried to I tried to gracefully grab a beer out of the refrigerator, but then I almost fell out of the chair. It was And then I tried to grab the can, and the can was in that stupid thing that I had described on this show like a couple of weeks back, and it just made all sorts of loud noises as I pulled it out. But now you know, here we are. Remind me the next remind me the next time I'm there so that we can investigate this weird yeah, we're gonna, segment of your refrigerator. We're gonna have to look at it together. You're gonna I feel like it's gonna be one of those things where you're gonna open the door, you're gonna look at it, you're gonna go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to get rid of this refrigerator. <laughs> that's that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> this piece is wrong. <laughs> ah. Any more news? Um I have a note. Hit me. Nugget? A nugget? Okay. Let's go with a nugget. Okay. The notes the notes are for the movie itself, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Have you watched all of? Uh, this is becoming a Better Call Saul podcast, yes. slowly but surely. I just did watched you watch the last this episode? I love this show so much. The actually now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. When did the when was the last episode that aired? <laughs> last night. Uh, it was. Guy, the, does the guy it, show up at the end of it talking to Nacho? Lalo. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, I'm up to date. <laughs> Fantastic episode of television. Uh, so good. It's but so I, don't good. Want to get into, I don't want to get into spoilers too much. You and I can discuss that off air. Yeah. Um, though I'm a little excited for that because um, Breaking Bad nerds have been anticipating the arrival of Lalo. He was, even though he was mentioned once on screen in Breaking Bad and an, like an offhand conversation had by Saul. You remember the scene where... Um, where Jesse and Walt drag Saul out to the desert. Yeah. He mentions Lalo in that scene. That's the only time they ever mentioned him in the show. Okay. He was never on the show. The guy who they cast in this. That's cool. Forward. Uh, just, just, I'm not a hundred percent. You just broke up a little bit and it's happened a few times before, but in the past, I've been monitoring your volume, and it's still going up. 
So I don't know if it's showing through the recording or not. If it is, I apologize to the listeners. I don't have any control over this at the moment. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you like lose any of what I said? I, I lost just... you. I lost you after he dragged him out to the desert. We never saw him on screen. That kind of thing. Oh, I just I said basically, you know, he's um he's supposed to be important going forward for this show. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm so obviously the events surrounding him will be important. I'm very curious how much more there is left, as you had mentioned earlier. Well, they think there's two more episodes left this season. Yeah. And they've played pretty coy with is it whether the last season it's being or not? renewed. There has to be another season. Seems that way. It seems that way. Uh, yeah, especially it's... since I read I read a story the other day where um, Bob Odenkirk said that we're going to get we're going to get Gene's story post Breaking Bad. Hmm. So I, I don't know if that means a whole season's worth, right? You know what I mean? But, like, we're going to get, like, at least an episode's worth. I doubt that's going to be the finale of this season. Sure. Sure. That would be, what if they that do something crazy where, like, next season, it's like a 10-episode season. Nine episodes is is the after. And then that final episode is just the last piece of bridging the gap. <laughs> Well, I, I guess I kind of envisioned it as being one of those things where maybe they do like a half a season, half season. Yeah. Or they could do kind of like a memento type of deal since they do the black and white thing mm-hmm. where each episode is 50-50-ish, like maybe some are 60-40, but cool. where they jump back and forth between past and present. God, if you if you don't know what we're talking about, you do you really do need to watch Better Call Saul. Um but you do but the really big, need to watch Breaking Bad first. <laughs> the biggest reason I brought it up, though, was since I said I don't want to get too spoilery with the actual show, I wanted to talk about Ray Seahorn, the actress who plays Kim Wexler. Mm-hmm. Because we need to get this woman an Emmy for this season. Yeah. She's really good. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny because she was kind of a supporting character the first season and has her role has grown to the point where she was one of the stars of the show, absolutely, starting last season, if not before. Um, she's been so good from like halfway through last season to present day. She's she's acts the shit out of this character yeah. and just in general. Well, um, I mean, the character faces tremendous internal struggle the entire time, and none of it's spoken, none of it's explained to you, but you you get it. Yeah. And external struggle. Yeah, but like it, internally to the point where like Jimmy's always in trouble. Jimmy always needs help. So she's always got to bear that load. And you just you see it on her face. You see it in everything that she does throughout the show. It's well, just not just that, but really she, well she, flips, she flips the expectation around, right? Because she said the thing, I think it was in the second season. You don't save me, I save me. Mm-hmm. But she feels compelled to save him, mm-hmm. which I think is funny. Yeah. Ah, it's it's so good, really. But you you know when they do the Emmy thing, they it. they play a clip, you know, from they she needs to win it, and they need to play the scene that she meets up with Howard to get the exact execution of the will from him. Mm-hmm. She crushed that scene. Yeah, it was incredible. Like yeah. I was like jaw dropped. Like oh my god, and I mean that. So that's a, it's a tough subject to talk about because you have a lot of times where you talk about these like the really big roles of women in a lot of these TV shows in recent years. It's called the last ten years, like stuff like 
Mad Men, which I didn't watch, but I'm familiar with, Breaking Bad, all these shows, a lot of times the roles that they talk about of like leading women in these end up with so much division. And some of that is just the way that people are shitty, but some of it I can actually see in some cases where people complain a lot about Skylar and Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And I t- look at it as like, Oh, Anna Gunn is so good as, as Skylar. Skylar was such a good character, blah, blah, blah. And I'm torn on something like that because I do think she's a good actress, and I thought she she definitely had moments in the show, mm-hmm. great moments. But you can disagree with something that a character does on screen and still understand the motivations and enjoy the portrayal of it and stuff like that. Yeah. I found myself frustrated with, with so often, and I don't think it was a failing on Anna Gunn. I find it a failing of direction. Yeah. Which is funny because Gilligan and Gold are great, although they didn't direct all the episodes. So it's like, you know, they wrote them and guided it, but they had a lot of directors on that, that show. Um, and I find that way a lot of times with, with the, you know, or on um, Halt and Catch Fire, two different examples. There was the, the the two main women characters in that. The one of them I found to be annoying quite often and irritated me on screen. And the other one started out that way and grew and matured through the role, both the actress and the character itself. Mm-hmm. And there's been a refinement of this with this character that I find because like she she could fall into all of the stereotypical tropes of shrill naggy whiny this and that and she she the actress and the character don't ever fall into that right like there's there's been certain times where something will happen you'll be like you're like damn it and you're like no you're right you're like you're actually right you're pulling this off like every decision you're making on screen makes sense like it's it is so well done (laughs) And it's. I think this has to be the shining example. And maybe you have to have those other things to get here. Yeah. There. Um. Man, there's an incredible sequence in. I think it was two or three episodes ago, where, the, it's just a loop. It's the. It's like before the credits of the scene of the two of them getting up separately, like getting ready for the day, and it goes. That was on loop. that was last week's episode. Th- that was. I mean, that that was so good, and it's just like it was just. As it went on, you were just like, "What's going on here?" And it went on and on and on, and they just see the characters seem to get more and more distant as it happens, and it's just so sad. And it, it's like the way, yes. it's because of the way it's those two. It was very, though. it was very sad to watch. Yeah, but like they, it's something also is it, any. It couldn't have just been anyone. Those two together, they they're very good. They have good chemistry, and it, it worked so well. And I was just. That that see it bothered me so much. I think about. I feel like I've thought about it every day since then. Like how sad that's those that scene made. I, I thought about it every day until I watched this episode. Yeah. Oh. Um. But I I wanted. I thought it was an important point to make, and I may have made it in slightly clumsy fashion, trying to to stable ground because I don't want to come off as the guy who's complaining about a woman on screen, and I realized. Comfortable talking about it with maybe in the show a couple of times over mm-hmm. that I've been able to process and refine how I feel about it. And I what I realized was it was poor execution by the show itself, mm-hmm. the failings of those characters portrayed on screen. Because I think that both those actresses are pretty good, and you could see it and in, in not just moments of the show, swaths of the show. Yeah, but I was. 
annoyed by Marie and Skylar yep. fairly often. And I found it to be because they fell into like, it's like there's been stuff that Kim has done that's irritated me on the show, but I understood it and it was executed properly. It was right. just a decision. I didn't like, it wasn't a portrayal. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally agree. And I just found that curious when I was, when I've been watching it and thought about this, some, I was like, huh, being able to compare and contrast. Cause that's, I think a problem I've had in with a, like something like breaking bad where I didn't have something like a better example to compare it against and, and be able to channel what it was that I was having the issue with. Right. Good stuff, man. Such a good show. I'm I'm so glad that we were talking about it the other like a couple of weeks ago and I, and like you for like just that conversation made me go yeah I really have to go back into it and within like days I caught up like on a season and a half. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the incredible thing is we were talking about it when we were recording, which was like a Wednesday night, and you were like we kind of like figured it out, and I was like oh you're at the end of season two or the very beginning of season three, and then by Monday when the new episode aired at that time I think it was halfway or just past halfway of this season, you were like. Hey, I just caught up on the whole show, and I was like, yeah. "Wait, what? <laughs> what <laughs> you now?" Did, you did, but now it's it's that good. It's one of those like, you know, it's one of those ones you're watching. You're like, if you have all of them at your disposal, you're like, just one more, just just one more. And it's like two a.m. and it's like, I could have a bad morning. One more, <laughs> one more. Ah, oh, man, it's it's excellent. Shall we? Well, kind of, oh, I was just saying, I kind of have gotten back into that. I I had paused Luke Cage the second season a while back. I'd seen uh -huh. the first like two or three episodes and now i'm on like the 10th episode of the season oh. so i finally got into the whole thing and i'm happy to say that i've enjoyed it much more than i feared i would based on how the last season unfolded okay um if it's something i i think it's something that if you haven't seen yet because i think the last time we talked you hadn't seen it yet no. uh, i would i would get to when you get a, a minute maybe you know not drop everything and watch that. i i will i have this weird thing about I have to watch these things in order and I still have to see Punisher, Jessica Jones, and then Luke Cage, right? Yeah. I, so the Punisher is the best of all those. I know, which is, but actually you don't have to have seen that. That story hasn't, unless I'm forgetting something, that story hasn't actually impacted anything with the okay. other defender shows yet going forward. I'm sure it will. Right. The new season of Daredevil is coming out soon. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm have quite seen sure that. it will impact that somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't seen. They just released the second season of Iron Fist. I haven't gotten to watch it yet because I'm finishing Luke Cage. I don't know if it'll impact that or not. Um, but the problems that we had with the first season—that it was excellent in the first half and terrible in the second half—this show hasn't reached the heights. This season hasn't reached the heights of the first half. Mm -hmm. But it has stayed well above the lows of the second half. That's that's good to know. It's a much more consistent, from a tone standpoint at least. Okay. Um, narratively, at times, it's been a little choppy. Yeah. But I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Good. Right. Well, that, that, that excites me. Because I, I, really, I really struggled my way through um, Iron Fist and the Defenders. And... Uh, uh, it's way better than the Defenders. It's better than the first season of Iron Fist. That's good. <laughs> Just trying to make this 
as loud as possible. <laughs> Which is great because you're not doing it in front of the mic like we usually do. You're yeah. doing it pretty far away. Yeah, and it's and it's loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How much how much froth did you generate with that pour? Uh, I would say about ninety percent of the glass. Yeah, because you poured it pretty vigorously, considering oh, yeah. I can hear it from it about was, two feet away from the microphone. It was for effect, not for enjoyment. No, I figured. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm done with my tangents. We can we can we can start now. Excellent. So let us dive into our flick of the week game night. This was another, as we mentioned earlier, this is one of those impromptu ones where it's like, hey, we need a movie to do. I had seen it. I enjoyed it. Wanted to get it on Al's radar. So I meant to watch it a while back when we were doing. That movie's name I always forget again. Uh, the House? <laughs> no. We didn't do The House. No, no, no. A couple of weeks ago. Um, um, I keep wanting to – I always want to call it Just Go With It, and that's not what it's called. Get Over It. Get Over It. Yeah. Uh, when I was having technical difficulties watching that, I saw that this was also on your account. I was like, oh, let me watch it. And I yeah. couldn't get through the first 90 seconds of that, so I didn't. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, but now, now you've seen it. This is a this is a funny movie. It's silly. It's not by any. It's not a great movie. It's not gonna. It's not gonna blow you away. It was a good movie. It's a. It's just a good. It's a good fun movie. This is a get together with someone. Sit down, grab some popcorn, throw it on. You're gonna have a good time. It was very much not what I expected when I saw the trailers when it was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a, it gets it gets darker than expected in certain places. It's a little more lighthearted than others. It's it definitely leans into the comedy a lot, and it which is perfect because that's what I want with the Jason Bateman movie. <laughs> and mostly pretty self aware, which yeah. is good. Though it towed the line of being almost so convoluted as to be irritating. Right. It, it stopped just short of <laughs> just just shy. So for those of you that aren't familiar. The basic premise is uh, there's this couple. Well, first of all, there is no basic premise. Of this. No, no, there is. There is. This is the basic premise. The plot of the movie is there's this. There's a couple. They're super into games. They have game nights with their friends. The the main guy's brother comes along. He's uh, always showing them up. The brother doesn't. They don't. He's. They kind of butt heads a little bit because uh, the uh, the younger brother Jason Bateman is a little bit intimidated, like frustrated, intimidated by him. And this brother is kind of worming his way into their group. He wants to host a game night. They're feeling a little bit weird about it. He hosts the game night, but what he wants to do is a more realistic, like, crazy game of a kidnap, murder, mystery type thing. And he sets that up, and then he gets taken. And then what you find out as the audience is that he's actually taken, and the rest of the group does not know that they think it's still part of the game. Which, that, that's it. And then they have to figure it out from there. That's the basic premise of the movie. So you said that's it, but that's a super not basic premise. That, that, that's <laughs> it. It's, it's, a, it's a murder mystery game that there turns out to be a real... There was a lot of words real, that took you to... Like, it's a murder mystery game that turns out to be a real mystery. Yes. Well, sure. The problem is that the way it's done, it's framed and reframed like three to four times. The game's got to Really gets underway. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's this thing as a basic premise so, of this because... There's like three premises layered on top of each other. Right. And it keeps, they keep, they did that thing. A lot of, I feel like a lot of movies have done this lately where they, they really want at least one twist that's going to throw the audience. So they will throw 16 twists into the movie just so that they can say, you didn't see it all coming. There's no way. <laughs> Including as we get towards the end, twists on top of, like twistception. Yeah. Like it yeah. was a twist within a twist. 
which then had another twist hiding behind and, it. And again, when we get into the spoiler territories, that goes so far as the way they go. They try to they they make it like they're about to do one more, and you're like, no. And they and they stop right there, which is just. And that's why I said it walked up to the very edge <laughs> right. of almost being too convoluted. Now, one of the things that this movie does that I love is I I like this concept of these characters are in real danger, but they think it's a game, but you, the audience, knows that it's not. So there's just this ridiculous torment in knowing more than the cast, and it creates insane anxiety while you're watching the movie. You know nothing like it's a comedy in the end. You know nothing really bad's gonna happen to these characters, but you're still kind of like, oh my god, stop! Like, uh, uh, at one point, it at one point it seemed pretty bad for one character. <laughs> it it did, but, but Rachel McAdams. There's one scene where she's she's just spinning a gun around. She's pointing it at herself. She's pointing it at Jason Bateman. Like she's and it's that scene to me is like you just keep like. Diving under the couch cushions. <laughs> Even actually, you... the best part—the best part about of that scene actually—is what happens right after that when he's holding the gun incredibly incorrectly. Yeah. While they are holding, yeah. Hostage, <laughs> which like they're act like they think it's a joke, and the people who are being hostage held hostage know it's not. Yep. Um. That 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 whole twist of perspective throughout it makes those scenes so much fun to watch. But, uh, I just couldn't get over it, like the way he's holding the gun in his hand. I'm like, what yeah. is he doing? He's got, like, his, he's got like his ring finger through the trigger hole, but he's holding the top of the gun. <laughs> and like the barrel is coming like between his index finger and middle finger. <laughs> yeah. I will say one of the things that I, I was concerned with like going into this was I didn't fully get uh, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams together. I was like, is this chemistry going to work? And it's a little bumpy to start, but I feel like they, they kind of iron it out throughout the movie. I have a complicated relationship with watching Jason Bateman movies slash shows. Because mm. for whatever reason, I feel like I just don't like him that much on screen. Mm. With the exception of Arrested Development. For whatever reason, he is perfect as Michael. Yeah. But he irritates me in all of his other roles, even though he pretty much plays the same character in all of them. Yeah, he is... From what I can tell, he is just Jason Bateman. As yeah, Jason he's Bateman. he's he's a, a mildly less annoying version of Ben Affleck, in which he just keeps playing that role, mm -hmm. and it feels real. Yeah. Um, but like I feel like he irritates me all the time, except for Arrested Development, and it's because he's the least bad person of the bad people on that show. Sure, I do. I feel like though he is he's written that way. I feel like some of these. I feel like he's cast in a lot of situations where they want that Jason Bateman. Yeah, no, he's definitely been typecast, yeah. but he's made it work for himself rather than chafe against it. Yeah, there's one movie. Um, is it Wish You Were Here? Uh, he's I've seen him in a couple of indie things, and in those, I really, really like him in. But admittedly, I haven't seen Ozark, and I know a lot of people like that. Ooh, I watched Although like one or two episodes of that. It, that shit's dark. It still looks like he's playing a version of that. Jason Bateman, though. It's not. Watch it. Well, if I've, you want. <laughs> I've seen a trailer or commercial or whatever, and it still seemed, it seemed like not the exact Jason Bateman that we always see, but it seemed like he was playing a version of it. Yeah, it's just, well, he is this always playing this tortured guy, whether it's for humor or not. Yeah. But that's kind of his move. 
Yeah. He actually talked but, uh, a little bit about that on, on Armchair Expert when he <laughs> when he had his episode with Zach Shepard. <laughs> well, the one, the one thing I'll say, even though he irritates me some, I don't know why. I just feel like just like a mild annoyance. Mm. Even like like I've enjoyed a lot of things that he was in. I still feel irritated by him specifically. I get that. Um, but he typically does have good chemistry with whoever his co-star is. Yeah. Uh, and that's why that's like what I was saying. I was it didn't it didn't seem to work for me up front and then as it like just a quick like, you know, 10 20 minutes into the movie, their their chemistry starts to pick up. See, for me, it was when I saw the commercial for the movie the first time, I was like that seemed like a weird pairing. Mm-hmm. But once I actually put the movie on was watching it, I didn't have any like run like lead in time to figuring it out like i i thought they were fine from the get-go in that regard so other other characters in this movie that we need to touch on before we get into spoiler territory winston bishop aka winnie the bish yes exactly i said <laughs> i i love lamar and morris better yet i love no, winston bishop <laughs> you don't you don't love lamar morris he's playing winston again yeah he is and it's and honestly i the more you can give me of winston the better I a, sli- a slightly reined in version. He wasn't as ridiculous as Winston. He's a uh, he's turn of the he turn was of still the basic Winston. <laughs> they didn't have any of his like fucking awkward weird ass pranks. <laughs> but if you take that aspect of him out and his weird obsession with the cat, outside of that, basically the same person. Winston, you're not going to do a puzzle, are you? Winston, you're so bad at puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it's going to look like, Winston. It's a Japanese garden. Picture on the box. It's on the box. <laughs> <laughs> I love New Girl. He's his character is just amazing. When he does his Denzel impression, though, but he does the full body Denzel impression. It's he did a pretty good impression. Fabulous. <laughs> that's that's what I love. There's there's doing an impression and then there's doing like a full on impression. And when you have like an actor that pulls off another actor so well like that, it's I it just floors me. I find that to be hysterical. Yeah, no, he uh, he he nailed it. <laughs> what about uh, what about Todd? Todd from Breaking Bad. Yep. Yeah, this was the creepiest that Jesse Plemons has ever been, and he dabbles in creepy as Todd. Yeah. Um, he was so weird in this. Um, we might have to get into. Spoiler territory. Okay, so let's, let's fully delve into that because we're, I have thoughts on something, but I wonder if you felt the same way. Okay, so we're gonna dive into spoiler territory from here on out. The movie is very silly, very fun. I encourage you to watch it and then come back once we do the rest of this. And so this movie was written. <laughs> this movie was written and directed by John Francis Daly. Or sorry, directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Written by Mark. Perez. Mm-hmm. So John Francis Daly is. You know who that is? Is that um? Did he do uh, horrible bosses? No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. I looked this up before. He was the ki- uh, the kid from Waiting. Yes. Yeah. And so he's done a lot of. He's he was also. I think he was in. Yeah, he was in Robert. Uh, he was in Horrible Bosses. I think he had a. He did writing role. for Spider Man Homecoming too, right? He's mostly been a writer and some directing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a writer on 
the show Bones, but he also was a, a, a one of the stars of it for quite some time. Okay. I know my, I know my mom watched the show, um, so I remember seeing him. I was like, oh, that's the guy from Waiting. That's weird. And then I found out that he was a writer on the show as well. Um, I think he mostly has moved to being behind the camera. Yeah. Um, but so I brought up the writers and directors because none of those people is Edgar Wright. And this movie borrows heavily from the Edgar Wright playbook. Like I, I had to pause the movie and look it up because I was like, wait, was Edgar Wright involved with this? And I wasn't aware because there was so many of the things that they do in Edgar Wright movies that I was, I like really threw me. Such as I don't know if you know. Well, for one, they opened it up with that one Queen song from Shaun of the Dead. Whenever I hear that song, I can only ever think of my favorite scene from Shaun of the Dead when they're in the bar, uh-huh. uh, fighting the zombie, and the jukebox comes on. Yep. And they do the scene where the three of them are in rhythm with the song, beating <laughs> him over the head with the cheese sticks. <laughs> uh, it cracks me up every time, and I've seen the movie fifty times. Um, they did the quick cut editing they do in all the Edgar Wright things, like think hot fuzz when like they're making when the guys like when the killer is making making breakfast and it's him setting up all the stuff on the stove top. Um when they get in the jumping in the cars, you know, they jump in, slam the door, seatbelt yeah. on, and, and it all cuts, of those it's movies. cuts to them turning the the key and like the door slamming and the buckle clicking and yes. The, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All those things. They did that multiple that. times in this movie. Mm-hmm. There was when they were one of the things they were playing, I don't know if it was when they were playing Jenga or something like that. They threw all the things of the thing, built the thing. Like they did that multiple times throughout the, the especially in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um and then <laughs> the scene when Brooks first comes to the house and he's trying to tell him to shut up as Brooks is out on the street. <laughs> and it it's focused in on Jason Bateman from the side. Yep. And then the cam, cam he backs up and you see Gary. Yes. In the background, oh my that God, is a so move creepy. that's in all of the Edgar Wright movies as yes. well. All of these things happen, and I'm like, I had that was when that scene happened. I stopped it, and I was like, I have to look up and see if he's yeah. involved with this movie because, like, there was like multiple times of each of these things that they did one of these things. And I was like, all of these things are directly out of like the Three Cornettos movies, like all like Scott Pilgrim, all of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I, I, I didn't pick up on that, but I'm also, admittedly, I while I'm a fan, I'm not nearly as, like, close of a fan as you are um, to Edgar Wright. Yeah, I wasn't sure, because I know you, it feels, it feels like you've gotten more into it. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoy his stuff. I just would, I don't think I'm close enough to pick those types of things out right off the bat, but I do recognize what you're talking about. And, oh my god, yeah. Gary, Gary, just in the background. Just creeping so on everybody. Oh, uh, he is—he is so uncomfortably, grossly creepy in this movie, and it's intentional. Which I—I I just when I see that guy, I'm just—I'm already—I'm creeped out because I know how good he can be at being creepy. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, most of my experience with him as an actor is not him being creepy. Like he was a main character the first three seasons of um, Friday Night Lights. Okay. Not creepy like this in that show. Um, he was in the second season of Fargo, was one of the main characters. Not creepy like this. So I have a, many more hours of him not being creepy than being creepy. So sure. it's kind of threw me off. Um, was, was he in something when he was much younger? 
He was in Varsity Blues. No, that's not what I would remember him from. Oh my that's god, think he of was him. in Walker, Texas Range. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known that. Ah. Oh no, that's just one episode. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The Guardian. Judging Amy. Hmm. A lot of TV stuff. Lots of TV stuff. CSI. NCIS. Grey's Anatomy. Damn. It's all over the map. But oh my god. Seriously, just what a just what a creep show. What an yeah. absolute creeper. And like they do the family guy bit basically when he gets an extended like scene of dialogue. Yep. Where he just keeps talking. Mm-hmm. And we've protracted it out. Oh God, why isn't someone else talking? As he continues. It's horrible. It's to horrible. Talk. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my god, I can't. I it makes my skin crawl, but in the best way. Because <laughs> like honestly, like as as creepy and crazy as that guy seems, you gotta give him credit for pulling it off as well as he does. Oh yeah, he nailed it. He's absolutely. Because oh, that could have been that could have been just annoying. Instead, it was like, oh, he's being annoying, but it's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, there is a his. His death see well, his death slash not death sequence. This is this ties nicely into what I was saying before about the uh, the torment of like you as the audience knowing, and the the cast like either not or pretending not to know. But like he gets the first time he dies or is dying, you are you see, are that one like you could totally you could totally see you're like he's gonna get shot. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I actually thought he and was. He does. Yeah, I thought that was legit. I was like, okay, like honestly, yeah, that I like this guy actually kind of makes sense. He's he's going balls to the wall. He actually wants to die. His life is over. Every his life, his whole life was his wife, and she left him, and now he's just over it. So like he's like diving over the car. He's shooting at these bad guys like in the middle of the street. (laughs) Well, they they kind of it was a bridge that was under construction. (laughs) But like it was was just so ridiculous. And you're like, yeah, he's definitely going to get shot. And then when he gets shot, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, no, it was it was when everything was done and everything quieted down. And he's just standing there like like chest puffed out like, hey, guys, like, is everything okay? Like I like deduced that you were having trouble and all this and everything is like, oh, he's totally going to get shot unexpectedly. Oh, and there it is. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god! And then he's okay, and it's like, oh, everything's okay. And then he gets shot again. It's like I should have seen that one coming. Right. And then when he gets shot the the second time, that's when you know you're like, okay, if they're shooting him again, this one's real. Yeah. And you know that, but Jason Bateman doesn't know that, <laughs> and, and he's until he sticks finger into it. His finger into it, and oh my god, that that part maybe like it's it should make you go, oh my god, good god, stop! But you're instead you're just like you're so stupid. And Peter, then please stop doing what you're doing. We get who I believe to be one of the probably maybe that he's up there with Winston. He's one of the best characters in the movie. Michael C. Hall is having a grand old time in this movie. He's really enjoying playing this goofball psycho. I I don't know if that's true. You don't think so? I watched a lot of Dexter and I've read some and seen some interviews of him late in the run of that show and after the show was over, he kind of seems like a dick. Oh, no. Really? Like, one of those, like, like douchey actors who feels like they're above 
Oh. It at a certain point, because like at, towards the end of the show, it was one of those things where it was like, or I think it was after the show, it was like, oh, would you ever want to come back and do it? And he's like, no. And it's yeah. like, at the time, it seemed like he was leaning towards not acting so much anymore and directing more. Okay. Um, and like, it seemed like one of those ones was like a serious actor now. Because like he took the role in like Kill Your Darlings where he plays like that was like a super serious like movie like uh, he didn't seem like the type who would be goofy for the hell of it you know what i mean like he mm-hmm. like i mean he looked like he was leaning into it and making it campy um like it it, it was entertaining but i i don't know i i could be wrong oh, that, well honestly like that's kind of he if he's in the spotlight that way i could see why you would see that i don't have that exposure to him so it looked to me that he was having a good time like he was he i was do think he's a goofball psycho I do think he's a very good actor. So I think he, it's easier if you're a good actor to sell campy. Yeah. Like he doesn't take much effort. And that was what he was doing. But, so well, I can't tell if he was genuinely enjoying it or if it was just, well, I'm here for three days of shooting. Let me go 150%. Right. Well, you know, there was, you the, know what the, I mean? There's, there's that scene on the, on the plane where he's like, this is a comedy movie. He's not going to cut this guy open. And he flips the knife open, and he says that he's going to cut him open. I'm like, I believe you. <laughs> it's like this. Well, that's what I'm saying. He is a good actor. Yeah. He didn't look like he was going through the motions. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that he was necessarily enjoying himself. And I don't want to, like, besmirch his sure. honor. Like, I loved Dexter the show, and he was great in it. But I, from I, a lot of the stuff I've seen him off screen, I he doesn't seem like the type... And I've seen him do Campion over the top before sure. in the movie Gamer. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Mm-mm. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, I haven't seen the whole movie, but Dominic also loves Dexter, and he sent me a scene of him in it, and also playing a ridiculous, ridiculous over the top villain, but with more screen time and like more like uninterrupted screen time. Okay, and it's like it seems like he's got hollow dead eyes <laughs> while playing campy over the top. Okay. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like, I I really do want to watch Dexter. I know it's it's one of those things that I really should see. Um, the My only exposure to him is actually in, uh, I saw Hedwig and the Angry Inch on Broadway when he was the lead. Okay. And my own, that was the, it was, that that's like my only like real exposure to him other than this movie. I don't know that I've seen him in anything else. Is that a serious thing or a comedy? Um, From the title, I honestly can't tell. Honestly, it wasn't that memorable. He's kind of like a cross-dresser. I don't fully remember what the show was about. It was a little while ago. And well, I that's didn't... why I'm asking whether it was serious or comedic because him being on Broadway doesn't surprise me at all. That's why I'm it saying was... I think he's, a, like I said, a serious actor now. It's like one of those comedy dramas. Okay. So it's – the, honestly, there was – unfortunately, the problem with it was our seats weren't great. Um, and in one of those situations where no, not every seat is good, <laughs> and you, I could barely hear a word that he said because mm. he was had this accent that was like that came through muffled, and it was just it was unfortunate. But uh, okay. he seemed like I mean he was believable on stage. Like he, I, no, I, I believe he's a good actor, but I like, I think he would any. shine in that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he would shine in that sort of thing because I think, like I said, he's a. Seems like he wants to take himself seriously. 
mm-hmm. and you don't go to Broadway to fuck around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And again, I could be reading it wrong. I, I enjoyed it. I He was entertaining in this movie. Yeah. I just wonder about what his mindset was portraying the role. <laughs> and like that, that's funny because for me, this is like the first time that I'm really seeing him in something. And I thought he like it came across to me as he was having a good time, which I appreciated. So I, I yes. just I want to hope that that's the case. I viewed it slightly more cynically. Sure. Because of some that of the stuff sense. that I know about him. I, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I've enjoyed his work. I enjoyed his work very much as Dexter. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, a couple of things I want to go through. I have a, I have a list of a few sequences from the movie that I'd like to talk through that I absolutely love. Please do. Okay. The first one. We had talked a little bit earlier about how uh, uh, Rachel McAdams is mishandling the gun and then Jason Bateman is mishandling the gun. When she tells them to get on the floor, put their heads on the ground and their hands in the air and then starts yelling child's pose, I lost it. <laughs> and then gets down and demonstrates child's yeah, pose. Yes, yeah. demonstrates and what she wants. Gives them a mini yoga lesson too. Like, to do. <laughs> give them a little a mini yoga lesson too. Like, you're going to get down like this. If you have back problems, separate your 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 knees. You should feel a little stretch. It should really open up your lumbar spine. Yeah, and, and like the whole the whole time, Jason Bateman, he's just laughing because they're like, ah, like we're totally winning this game. My brother's in the other room. Like he's he drops be the gun. So good. Yeah, <laughs> the clumsy the clumsy drop of the real gun is a classic thing that that they do in movies like this when when the thing is real. Which they the do multiple times before it pays off. Yeah. Oh my. Which let's okay. Let's go right to that when it does pay off and she does shoot him. Like it, it falls yeah. to the floor. He, it shot ricochet goes into it into no goes through his arm, which you find out later, and that's what I really want to talk about. The bullet extraction scene is horrible. It is hysterical, but it's also body torture, and you can't watch it. But at the same time, when you find out that she's digging through, and when she thinks she's hitting the bullet, it's actually his bone, and then realizes that the bullet went through his arm. And that all Which, of this how was How did they not notice that from just the just, blood? That was what was incredible about it. Is is the the slow turn of his arm over to <laughs> see that the hole is in the other side? That again, that was one of those scenes. It just floors me. Well, and there's so <laughs> many layers to see because it's like she tried to hide that she was buying a like amateur bullet removal kit. Yep. Like I bought a squeaky toy and some Chardonnay yep. and <laughs> and Which, like. The squeaky toy for him to chew on, the Chardonnay to disinfect the wound. <laughs> There's not enough alcohol in that. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. And then what I, the way that that ends up culminating, though, with she pours it over his arm and then starts to dig in, and you just hear the squeak of the squeaky yes. toy. It's, it's, it's well-crafted, the whole thing. Well, I, I, it, like, there's still more layers to it. Uh, wait, really? You can't wait? You gotta, you can't do that text later? Oh, no, no. I'm looking up, uh, a survival guide, how to remove a bullet, but it's from an alt-right website, so we'll just ignore the racism. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like, uh, the whole argument about how to set your phone to not automatically lock, and she does the thing which everyone has done, where she uses her nose to keep the screen open. Yep. And this whole thing, wow, there's a lot of racist shit in here. The, you know what I loved also is that this is in their minds and this is the character's only option. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And then the whole thing where each of them is like he he, he starts gagging. Yeah. And then she, no, don't you, you don't you start you don't look at me and I won't look at it. 
<laughs> yeah, they they seemed like they were having a really good time shooting that. And the, there's that one person walking up the street who sees them from afar yep. and then starts walking much faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, moving on, another another great scene. The well, let's talk about the Faberge egg because there's three main things that I want to talk about with this. Well, four, before actually. we get into the Faberge egg itself, mm-hmm. they walk into the house. The guy grabs the flute of champagne off the, the tray, of course. Um, they're going downstairs, and you start to hear the, the music getting louder and yeah. people, and they're walking downstairs. I'm like, are they about to do an eyes wide shut thing? And then they walk down the stairs, oh, no. and it's Fight Club, which is a callback to in the movie but then Winston goes we need to get out of here with this eyes wide fight club and I was like yes I wasn't the only one (laughs) (laughs) that's that's great I for me it was uh, I had very he actually mentioned the fight club thing numerous times I think probably two or three times before that scene so when they start going down the steps and you hear the crowd I'm like oh my god I'm so happy they're gonna do this and make him right (laughs) see I forgot about the fight club thing until I saw it I would the only thing I thought was I was rich people exclusive party it's in yeah. the black tie I was like they're gonna do an eyes wide shut thing and it's gonna be weird and it's gonna end up with one of those classic like misidentification things of each other when they put the masks on and you yeah. know what i mean like one of those classic like scooby-doo-esque capers i so what i what i end up loving about this is the whole thing is they're there to steal the fabric egg and <laughs> the the dumb the super dumb simplest plan which was very close to working 99% worked. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> the, the, the safe is open and everybody's That's preoccupied. <laughs> yeah, the logic actually wasn't that flawed. Everyone right. is watching the fight. Right. And he just walks past everyone and no one sees him do it. <laughs> in the moment, the dumbest person in the room was actually the smartest. And that's what made it so funny. It was one of those hiding in plain sight things. Like- and I, I, what I loved was his uh, the dramatic, like, do you know who I am? And then when the guy starts moving towards him, he goes, wait a minute, and actually gets himself another few seconds, <laughs> which yes. is beautiful, before the, the chase scene gets like gets kicked off. And what I love about that is wait, that did, whole... Did he say he worked for Cyberdyne? Yes. That, that's, what's it called, right? Isn't that uh, oh, it Terminator? Oh, it's absolutely from Terminator, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cyberdyne Systems. I was like, isn't that the Skynet company? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. It was one of those ones where I just went, huh. <laughs> because... You just have to know that there's no they don't lead yeah. on at, at all like it's just, it's in passing very well done. Uh, I like I like little things that are in there just for just for a quick reference, but yeah. that now holding on to that egg for that whole scene, the continuous shot chase through the mansion is a lot of fun. Yes, I love a good I love a good continuous shot. <laughs> Again, Scooby Doo esque the way that that goes down, and somehow none of them get seriously yep. hurt. They keep being able to pass it off at just the right time. At some point, all of them should have been like roped up, right? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. At, like, at each at stop each point, the person and go chase the egg again. Like. Exactly. Yeah. At each point where somebody like lets it go, it's like the person forgets that they were should chasing that person. <laughs> like in the case of like, and somehow like they all end up making it out. You know what I mean? Like when like the one person with the egg makes it out, okay, because it gets closest to the door. Like, wouldn't they have roped up the other people? How did right. they all escape? Or, oh like, at God. least one of them would have had to have been left behind, right? So nope, they all made it out somehow. What's what's funny... What, so, what I love about this is it all leads to them in the van with the egg, and you think they're home free. They have the egg. That was the scene that got me. I really wasn't ready for that. When they when they, the stop short? 
Yes. Yeah, that was, and it's it's well done, and the way that the camera is placed directly yes. in the middle is just absolutely perfect because it's like yes, the, the, egg the, the camera the work of it was entirely what sells it because it's completely like the way the scene is shot. Like you're focusing on everything except for the egg at that point. And what's what's great about it, if you sneeze, you blink. It it will take you a second to recover and realize what just happened before they actually say it. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I, my phone buzzed <laughs> in my hand at happening. And I went to look down just to check and see if it was anything important. And I just heard the crack. And I looked up and I saw the pieces of the egg. I was like, how did that – Did was no one holding it? Is that what was happening? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. That that was so funny. That, 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 whole, that whole piece, like, that drives, like, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> it's just – it's wonderful. But what really, what really makes it special to me is I took one of those real dumb things – I don't know if you remember this book that I had when I was a kid. I'm sure you have seen it. I actually, it may have been handed down to your brother because like, we gave you guys a bunch of my Batman stuff. But I have this old childhood Batman book where you flip through and on the right panel, there's like a, a soundboard. And as you read, you're supposed to hit it every time the icon shows up and it, it just adds sound effects to the story. I'm familiar with the type of book, but I don't know if I remember that specific one. So this... This particular book was about stealing a Fabergé egg. <laughs> and and oh. the Fabergé egg was one of the... This is what was started to blow my mind after I started thinking about this more and my connection of the book to my Batman stuff to you guys is the egg, when you hit it, it goes... I was like... But why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But that's the Annihilation sound. <laughs> yes. Like, like yes. you did. <laughs> Full circle, because I texted you about that earlier. <laughs> and uh, oh man, that that I actually used to. I used to like. I have a, a DJ booth with that book because there was a, a Batmobile, which would you would hit it and it would go vroom, right, like it was taken off, like driving really fast down the street. And there was also a like a crash symbol where like a bunch of stuff hit garbage cans. So I used to just hit the Batmobile thing and then hit the crash thing and just imagine it just crashing through stuff. Like this, was, <laughs> those those books were so much fun when you were a kid. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's the. I don't know. At at five years old, I knew what a Fabergé egg was. <laughs> that's why when Kim was like, "What the hell is that thing?" I was like, "That's a Fabergé egg." <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> Allow me to explain with, with the magic of. Picture books. <laughs> Years ago, this caper stole the Savage Egg, and Batman had to come in. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Savage Egg, big, uh, little special place in my heart. Like, rewinding just a couple of minutes yeah. to the chase scene. I was so excited that they did the table thing again, but I was yes. expecting it to pay off eventually. No, no, it do, it does pay off with the Winston line. Something wrong with tables today. <laughs> no, no, but at some point they had to pay off after that, and they never did, and that was what disappointed me. But yeah, I remember the thing like, wow, that was a weird t- or like tables are weird. Oh, wow, that today. table was really strong. <laughs> no, no, the first one was oh, that was weird. That table didn't break. He says, oh, that's weird. That table's really strong, and then the. Boomer or whatever his name was was standing in front of her, and the guy tackles him. And as he's flying through midair, I was like, "Oh my god, they're doing the table thing again!" And he hits the table; it doesn't break again. And he goes, "Wow, tables are weird today." I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" And, but the thing is, I expected 
that's a classic three act story that they had yeah. going on. I was expecting a payoff at the end somehow, where like someone was gonna like place something on a table and it was gonna explode. Right. Like that's how <laughs> that's how you pay off that storyline, and it never happened. And I was like, wait, what a minute, we gotta pay off the story, the table thing. With that delivery though, slays me though. The tables are weird today. <laughs> well, the thing is, it was it was Winston. Like yeah. that was a classic Winston. Like Absolutely. that you if that scene and that thing happened in New Girl, totally in character. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, the another scene that I have written down here is the conveyor belt scene. Well, the, the the great part about that is I I do want to get into how ridiculous that was when she went and hid behind it. I was like, oh my god, is she hiding? Because you only see it halfway at first. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, is she hiding behind a stair car? Yep. Yeah, I thought it would have been so perfect in an airport with yep. Jason Bateman. I was, There's got to be some sort of like wink, wink, nod, nod, stair car thing going on here, and then they they finally like pan out so you can see the whole thing it was like oh conveyor belt not as cool but then they brought it home with it being a funny ass scene yeah. but i was a little disappointed because i thought it was a stair car <laughs> i what is it? he says something so so jason bateman like when she turns it on he's like ah oh, it's so slow yes and, <laughs> like like he he's given up in that scene <laughs> yes. like, huh, really uh, really slow conveyor belts. <laughs> which, okay which this is great because this leads me to which was my absolute favorite scene in the movie and favorite line favorite moment when Rachel McAdams is trying to sneak onto the plane and the guy says you know like stop freeze whatever he says he's holding the gun on there and then he gets sucked into the jet engine and she cheers and then goes oh he died that was in the trailer that was so they never showed you what happened on the other side of her saying it So seeing it, I was like, oh. <laughs> that was so, that's what that was the setup the, for. Just the fact that she cheers first makes that scene she, yeah, so she goes, good. Yes. Oh, he died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then this is the last the last one that I had written down here was uh was what I had mentioned earlier, which was the uh where they there's twists and turns and like, like you say if they go one more time it's too much. But after everything's all said and done and his brother's like uncuffed. He just starts clapping, and he goes, and that's the game, or something like that. I was like, are you kidding me? Well, and then he goes. Like the fifth time it's happened already. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just kidding, but how great would that be? <laughs> well, and even in the couple of minutes before that, when when Michael C. Hall throws the knife, and I was like, oh, my God, it's going to hit him in the Ow, that was right in my bullet hole. In my bullet hole, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah, there it is. Yep. And then she says it. Oh my god, is that knife in your bullet hole? He goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then when they're struggling over the gun, and he's like reaching for something, and he pulls out, I was like, of course it's a bungee cord. Yep. And he drags him back with the bungee cord, and then ties him back up with it. And he, and he goes, see the first first situation, you always end up back in that probably you're, place, you're man. You're sick. You're sick. Oh my god, yeah, that was that's so ridiculous. Yeah, when he when he was just no, like, I, for, I forbid you from telling that story. Okay, we're doing it. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's it's a the movie's a lot of fun. And then I just love that the the brother does not progress at all. He's still the same douchebag by the end of it. He's he's a little bit closer to his brother now, but he's he's progressed to more white collar crime. Yeah. Well, what does he say? Um, I got the list and I, I I pooped out the list and sold it for a stupid amount of money. And he goes, what about, what about all the people on the list? Oh, I tipped them off for twenty thousand apiece. I was like, you <laughs> scumbag! <laughs> I, I, 
I'm so glad. Also, I I completely forgot about that. They brought that full circle too. That the, the doctor doctor was his girlfriend. Absolutely. <laughs> that was that's a that's a. I hope you're paying attention. Scene yeah. like where the, Which, the bringing bringing our episode back full circle was the line that I used in the intro when they go for the fertility test and the doctor just kicks off by saying, "I'm not loving your semen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, wait, what? <laughs> I think oh, it's a point later where she's like asking about like his brother and like wants to ask, like ask his brother out, and he goes, "So I guess we're done with my semen then." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's it, it was that movie. It's it's a good time. It's a good time. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yes, I had pretty low expectations for this movie when I first saw the first trailers for it several months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, very pleasantly surprised. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Sweet. You got anything else? Oh, we forgot to talk about the fact that she didn't actually have sex with Denzel Washington. Oh, we did forget about that. That was <laughs> that was good. Yes, but, the whole way. Well, because the funny thing was they set up and they start the scene and I'm like, oh, they found an actor who kind of looks like a younger Denzel Washington. That's kind of a cool touch. Yeah. And then they, sh- they show the picture of him with this, of her with this guy who's supposed to be the young Denzel Washington. I was like, wait a minute. He's not Denzel Washington, is he? <laughs> he is uh he's credited credited as not Denzel. That's fantastic. Yeah. Which is pretty much the only way that you can yep. do that. Oh my god. So that was so silly. Yeah, they did some good post credit stuff with that. Post credit stuff with that. Wasn't it? Did the uh, didn't they show like the pictures during that during the credits? The credit oh, roll? sorry, I thought you meant specifically with Denzel Washington. Oh, or no, not no. you no. know the post credit thing was actually pretty good, where it had all like the the like the the the, the yarn on the board and everything, yeah. like connecting it. And the whole Gary's plan, like Gary's oh, game, right? And then that's him at the end holding yes. the dog, which is I like I'm like weirded out and afraid for that dog because Gary's so creepy. Yes. Oh. What a silly yes, movie. but it was a classic. It was like perfectly like planned out of Gary's actual game that he executed to you know what my, weed himself back in, weasel his way back into the friend group. My absolute favorite thing about that whole thing, the attention to, to detail, is the um, the written letter from Frito Lay. I think it is about the, about that they do not offer the two for one chips ever. Yes, like he like <laughs> wrote to the company to ask him. <laughs> We do not offer a three for one sale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was that was probably the best part. That was when I realized that they were really like jumping the shark with yep. that whole like shtick that he was doing. Where he goes, wait, how did that? How does that make sense? How does what make sense? How would the company make money? How would Frito Lay make money doing a three for one sale? Oh, the math doesn't add up. You know what doesn't pay off? Actually, I just thought about this now. Uh, the scene where. Jason Bateman's bleeding all over the place. He bleeds on the dog. The dog shakes and bleeds all over the room. That doesn't end up paying off at all, does it? Well, no, because well, it's it. There's like a false flag with that because he rolls up and is like, "Oh, he saw the blood, realized something was going on." But no, he was part of the game the whole time. I think he just he was probably just confused by the blood. Although, well, because they explain it where he says. He says, no, none of the guns were real, none of it. And he goes, yes, it was. I got shot. And then his brother goes, oh, yeah, because that was my gun. That was a real gun. Yeah. That's Although, like the whole payoff. Like, there's nothing about him finding the blood, but it's kind of unimportant. Because- I expected for that to come back and for the Jesse Pim and Gary to be 
to be like to think that Jason Bateman loves him like and is his best friend because he's so mad that he like threw blood all over his wife's stuff. <laughs> That's where I thought that was going to go and it, it just never pays off. But that could have been funny. Yeah. Anyway, actually it, it. would have been it would have been great if they were at the game night and Gary's dog was there and it was just always pink because he couldn't get yep. the I, blood fully out of the like snow white colored dog that hair. That would have been pretty funny as well. Just 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 a quick like bring it back type thing. Yeah. Like not say anything. It's yeah. just like it's pretty obvious that no matter how many times he scrubbed the dog, he couldn't get the color all the way out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, all right. That that's it for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. Thanks for joining us. If you have a topic for the show or a movie that you want us to cover, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at spintune.com. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony. He's Al. Cheers. <laughs>